Welcome to Moving Upstream, a podcast by Prevention Institute in Oakland, California. Each episode, we look closely at a health or equity issue in the news to understand how we got here and to find a healthier, more equitable way forward. Today, we're doing something a little different. We're talking with several community leaders in California who are about to embark on a new initiative called Safety Through Connection. Safety Through Connection is about improving community conditions to prevent domestic violence. All of the people we're interviewing work on different issues and work with different groups of people. Some work at organizations that focus on immigrants, others with low-wage workers, people in urban areas, and also people in rural areas of California. But what they all have in common is that they're going to be figuring out how they can make changes in their community environments that will prevent domestic violence. One thing, in the interview, you'll sometimes hear me talking about partner violence instead of domestic violence. Partner violence is a way to say that the violence we're talking about isn't just limited to people who live together in the same house. It also includes situations where people are involved in an intimate relationship but may not live in the exact same place. So let's get started. First, we're going to hear from organizational leaders from the Central Valley. I'm Beva Islas, and I'm the director of Cultiva La Salud. We are a small public health advocacy organization that's been working to address policies, systems, and environmental issues that impact people's ability to eat better and move more. I'm Lourdes Oliva, and I'm a community organizer with the Dolores Huerta Foundation and also editor for a Spanish section and a community newspaper. Tell me what got you interested in bringing the issue of partner violence into the work that you do now. Yeah. Well, I think for me, uh, both at a personal level and at a professional level, so the personal is that, you know, I am the child of uh, Mexican immigrants, and I definitely have seen the vulnerability of my community in being unable to really address the issues that are impacting them like violence, whether it's a partner relationship or sort of what I would call uh, violence at a broader level, uh, criminal aggressions against them. In the professional setting, as we've been trying to engage and empower community residents to be agents for change, part of the limitations are these very real personal family issues that are happening to them that impede their ability to participate more broadly in their community as agents for change. I see these issues around partner violence, around domestic violence, as really necessary conversations that we need to have in order to help create more liberation in our community and the ability to advance broader goals. These are foundational things around safety and security that we really do have to work on. Lourdes, what brought you to the table to want to work on partner violence? Myself and the community, uh, we see this very big push now, more recently in the last three years, you could say, this violence is a curse against you know immigrants, especially immigrants who are Latino based or immigrants who are women, because you know when you're hearing the political rhetoric when they start with the anchor babies, that's going towards women, and that is a lot of violence that starts giving a lot of people from different sectors 
permission to be violent towards us. So as a Latina of a multicultural background, from Guatemala, father from Colombia, grew up in California, 100% Mexican, you know, figure that out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Though those things bring me to the table in many situations to be able to see how I could be a beacon of change and also of light and of hope for those that have been oppressed for so many, many years and still. Veva, what are some of the things you're looking forward to working on in the coming year as part of this project? I am a strong proponent of prevention. I love all of the things that prevention is about, about keeping people healthy, about positive messaging, about really changing the political and social landscapes of our community where we're valuing health. I believe deeply in building a culture of health. And I think in places like the Central Valley that have so many challenges working against us, it is precisely in these locations where we have to work to create positive change. I'm looking forward to working with a population that I know needs a lot of help, um, a population that I myself identify with, the Latina immigrants who are very vulnerable because of their perhaps irregular immigration status, because of their limited education, because of you know the jobs that they work for are exploiting them. I look forward to helping to create the narratives that are about appreciating and building the contributions of immigrant women. I look forward to helping to facilitate for them and breaking cycles of violence uh, for future generations. I want their voices to be heard. I want them to be part of the governance and the decision-making. I really want them to help guide our project so that it is really serving their needs. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that We need to establish new processes of inclusion, not just the minimum of of translation and interpretation, but in the design, right? Like that they're included in the design of what we work towards. They need to tell us about the predisposing, reinforcing, and enabling factors that create vulnerability for them. And our efforts should be really driven by their interests and by what is relevant and impactful for them. And Lourdes, what do you imagine you might be doing as part of this program over the next year? I imagine that one of the skill sets that I have honed in since I was very young is my communication skills, both in English and in Spanish, not only through a voice, but also through personality. I think that adds a lot to people to be engaged. I really want to uh, change the perspective of talking about this issue, like many have spoken, it's an uncomfortable issue. Anytime you're going to talk about violence, whether it's you know domestic violence or partner violence or community violence or any sort of violence, we are afraid to speak of it. So I think my communication skills not only uh, will help, but also will uh, engage different communities because of the experience I've had. I'm a mother. I have only a son. So as a mother, yes, I believe in protecting women and helping women, but I also want to help women get empowered and really be filled with love. So that way, when they nurture these young men, they could also become young men who protect and love the same way as a mother can. My name is Peter Kim, and I work for the city of Oakland. I currently oversee Oakland Unite, which is a division in the Human Services Department. We focus on reducing and preventing violence. I'm also the interim director for the Department of Violence Prevention. It's a newly established department here in the city, just getting off the ground, so we're not quite fully formed yet. So tell me what made 
your department in the city want to start taking on the issue of domestic violence? Oakland Unite has focused on domestic violence, uh, partner violence, and different forms of gender-based violence uh, for years now. But what we're trying to do better, what we're trying to do more effectively, is really incorporate um, the way that we approach those forms of violence in a way that is much more seamless and infused throughout all the different interventions and strategies that we employ. And so when we serve victims of gun violence, when we serve victims of commercial sexual exploitation and victims of family violence, domestic violence, we are aiming to approach all of those services and interventions um, with the frame fundamental approach of healing and really looking at trying to address the trauma that is impacting the folks and really addressing the underlying conditions from which all these forms of violence uh, emerge. And what are some of the things you imagine that you'll be doing in the next year as part of the Safety Through Connection Collaborative? Learning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming to this project with eyes and ears wide open. Uh, we have a lot of um, incredibly insightful and, and wise partners that we are working with. They are the experts here in Oakland when it comes to domestic violence, partner violence, and, you know, they, they have a lot to offer. So what I want to do in terms of my role as the city of Oakland coming in here is, is to learn from them, to listen, uh, really hear uh, what are the best practices, what are the most promising interventions, and really what are the lessons learned from their experience that we can then take back and say, okay, this is how we can do this work better, more effectively, and in really true partnership with the people who are already on the ground doing the work. My name is Sarai Crane-Pope, and Bay Area Women Against Rape is the oldest rape crisis agency in the nation, founded in 1971 in Berkeley, California. It's now based in Oakland, California. It's been based in Oakland for about 35 years now. You know, in Oakland, when we talk about violence, usually the image that comes to mind is gun violence or any kind of physical violence, typically with men of color, men and boys of color, and the... Um, women who love, serve, nurture, and partner with them were left out of the conversation. And so one of the unique areas of uh, Bay War being a part of the conversation is that historically there's been this divide between intimate partner violence, domestic violence, and sexual violence. And so we've been siloed when really there's overlap in all of those forms of violence. Tell me about some of the things that you might be doing over the next year as part of this collaborative. There's going to be a lot of conversations and discussions about the critical need to lift up domestic and sexual violence and sexual exploitation in the conversations about violence. And so I think that part of our responsibility and task in this project is really being more verbal and vocal about that and also bridging the gap that exists between us. So tell me about you and your organization. My name is Hillary Beyer. I am the executive director of the McKinleyville Family Resource Center. We're a nonprofit social service agency in an unincorporated town of about 17,000 people. I'm Kit Boisvert-Meyer, and I work for the um, Humble Open Door Clinics, and they are a system of 17 clinics throughout Humble and Del Norte counties. What brought your organization to the table to want to address partner, preventing partner violence in your work? In the community health centers, obviously, that's where we run into a lot of concerns about interpartner violence. I specifically work at the perinatal clinic, and so working with families as they transition into parents or having additional children is a high-risk space and transition for 
women and children. And so really integrating that into our work. So Hillary, tell me about why your organization wants to bring partner violence prevention work into your work. So we run a collaborative and it's an integrated services project. And all of the partners in the collaborative interact with families who have violence in their families. And when we were looking at what types of issues we wanted to be addressing with our partnership, intimate partner violence was one that all of the partners were really enthusiastic about including. What is some of the work you imagine you might be doing in the next year as part of this project? I think with the Open Door Community Health Centers, part of what we hope to probably be doing is work more to train providers and frontline staff at recognizing and addressing interpartner violence. Also, specifically in McKinleyville, trying to integrate more of our health center in with our family resource center so that we can work together with families to address family violence in the home. Hillary, what do you imagine your organization might be doing in the next year? The thing that I'm really looking forward to is this idea of looking at and changing community norms that are like systemic drivers of violence. So beliefs about gender roles and uh, power in relationships and also beliefs about relationships, what happens inside of relationships being private and how that puts people at greater risk of violence. My name is Kathy Huang, and I work with Restaurant Opportunity Centers United, Rock United. We're an organization of workers, consumers, employers, all united to improve wages and working conditions for workers in the restaurant industry. We provide training, leadership development, programs and services, and support for workers to participate in policy campaigns to win changes on the industry level. My name is Renee Tay. I go by RT. I work at Koreatown Immigrant Workers Alliance. We work with low-wage industry workers. We focus a lot on immigrant rights, equitable development, and workers' rights. I work with tenants at Casa Yande, which is an affordable housing project that Kiwa partnered with Little Tokyo Service Center to develop. So I provide case management within that affordable housing project. So, Kathy, what brought your organization to the table to start working or incorporating domestic violence into the work that you do now? So our organization has been around for over 15 years, and we have mainly had an explicit labor focus and lens. But recognizing that intersectionality is such a big part of our movement and our ability to be successful and move our agenda forward for workers and their families, DV prevention is right there on the top of the list of issues that we have to tackle. And so really hoping that we can create some tools that we can bring back to our organization staff and members to start having those conversations and understanding, you know, what is it that our community needs to be able to institute some prevention strategies. And Renee, what about your organization? Why might you want to incorporate preventing partner violence into your work? We already kind of do a little bit at the community level within Casa Yande by helping to empower those who came in from shelters like CPAF or Hillsides. We help empower them by giving them the tools they need to be a peer support and then helping create leadership within the small group that we have so that they then help intervene if they see anything happening or they can support someone if there is an incident that does happen. Kathy, what are some of the things you imagine you might be doing in the coming year as part of Safety Through Connection? 
We're hoping that we're going to be able to learn, you know, learn in all different ways, whether it's through webinars and connecting with Prevention Institute as well as other collaboratives in this group, whether it's learning from outside experts who can help us develop some resources and tools, working with our own membership and surfacing the expertise that exists within our communities to really understand the experience of domestic violence and the prevention strategies that are most needed and most effective. We're hoping that we're really just going to build our capacity around this issue and then be able to implement some kinds of strategies in the coming year. And Renee, what are you looking forward to doing in the coming year? I think I'm looking forward to mostly hearing back from our members and what they feel would work best for them and for us as a collective and to kind of tailor the prevention efforts around that because they will know firsthand what's working and what's not working. Mainly, I'm very excited to be able to do some preventative work because it's important to have safe relationships. We're just so excited about this opportunity to build together with such a diverse group of people who bring such a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table. It's a real privilege to be able to build together. Ramla, tell me about your organization. So our organization, PANA, the Partnership for the Advancement of New Americans, was founded back in 2015 as a direct result of just seeing how highly invisible um, our Muslim refugee newcomer families were in San Diego. And this was pretty important because there are about 97,000 refugees that have been resettled since 1975. Refugees have the fastest pathway to citizenship. It's one of the only immigrant classes that have this very clear pathway that within two years you get a green card and then within five years you're eligible to be a citizen. So these are U.S. families, U.S. citizens whose voices aren't heard at policy tables, who lack representation, and whose issues are not front and center when it comes to addressing community need. United Women of East Africa support team was founded in 2008. It was founded by many of the mothers in the community that found out that there was no representation for them in, in the organizations and the resources that were being brought to the community. So they decided to band together to tackle the issues that they, for them and their families, that they were facing. So tell me why your organization decided to get involved in this new program. I come from a place where I was providing direct services to families, low-income families, uh, women and children as a nutrition counselor. And often I felt like I was seeing the same families every month, every three months, and it was the same thing. And then falling into community organizing mode and, and talking to people around the fact that we don't have a full-service grocery store you know, for people to access healthy options. We, we have a community that our local city hall basically have ignored for 30 years um, and more, you know. And the fact that public transit doesn't even connect people and families to 90% of jobs in the region within 90 minutes. For us, when we think about partner violence, we're also thinking about in the many ways and forms that our society, our communities, our community spaces exasperate those things. Um, and how do we address it, while at the same time leaning into cultural practices that help address partner violence and other forms of violence in the community, but figuring out ways to formalize it. So we're thinking a lot about that. I feel as though this issue is not really talked about in the community. The same with the suicide prevention that we're working on. There's a stigma around not addressing your problems or letting it leave the house. 
you just hear about in the community, oh, so-and-so passed away, like they don't even label it suicide. There's such a stigma around it. So what I want to do is first label the issue and then prevent it from even happening in the community. The program we've just been hearing about, Safety Through Connection, is supported by the Blue Shield of California Foundation. Thanks so much to our audience for joining us for this episode of Moving Upstream. To learn more about today's show, visit our website at preventioninstitute.org. And we'd love to hear your ideas and feedback. Find us on Twitter. We're at Prevention Inst. That's Prevention, I-N-S-T.